Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and things are a little bit different here today. But we're going to get into what's going on in training camp, the Willie Gay situation, uh, up and down the offensive line, as well as those wide receivers that are not done putting up a fight. This is going to be a great one. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Uh, nothing like a little bit of a challenge today. Obviously, not in my normal studio. Um, no internet where I live at this moment. So uh had to pack up bags and come down here. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm here. You live and you learn, right? Yeah, right. Just and I and my computer just completely got rid of all my passwords, so I'm trying to figure out how to log into crap. <laughs> so we're both having fun. <laughs> we're we're thrown for a loop today, and we're not the only one. So it was Willie Gay, and uh, I wasn't able to see it live or see any of the, the uh, pressers yet because of this situation that I'm in. But um, Willie Gay's been having maybe the best camp of anyone on the defensive side of the ball. Today came up into the concussion protocol. Looks like he took a rep. Um, had to have a kneel down, but then he was he was off the field there rather quickly. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, it is something that you need to be concerned about a little bit, but uh, I think at this time they're going to be more cautious than anything else. So, uh, you know, the question is, is he going to be back at practice tomorrow or is it going to be a long-term thing? Yeah, uh, that's that's really the big question. I would hate to see it be long-term because it's it's really – been quite remarkable to see him go through this preseason to this point. And before I forget, folks, make sure you check out Peacock and Williamson. They have their own feed, their own channel. I think you guys are really going to dig it. The analyst and the scout together, uh, Peacock and Williamson, one of our best shows covering the NFL. They cover concussions just like we do. And it's it's one of those things that's very personalized. It could be a couple of days. Like you said, it could be a couple of weeks. We're just going to have to see. But if he hits a significant bump in the road here, say a week off, maybe he misses the first preseason game. Um, I still feel like he's made a lot of progress in just this first week. I would completely agree with that. I will say, though, it's also possible he's back tomorrow. Um, yeah. You know, it, it just it really depends on how much he got his bell rung. I hate saying it that way, but that's really what it comes down to is, you know, did he really have a concussion? I, honestly, I think that at this point in training camp with any of your players, you're probably going to say, okay, hit to the head, just you're out the rest of practice, regardless. Yeah. Because there's no reason to, to risk the, their health. Better safe than sorry, especially with somebody that you're not projecting just to be a role player. And he is going to be a primetime starter, maybe even develop into a leader on this particular defense. And Spags spoke about it. Uh, I got to hear the audio from that. And he said that this really began even all the way back in – in OTAs, but that's where it started to click for him. And, and this is exactly what Willie Gay needs. Yeah. And I, I agree with that as well. I think that Spags is, is doing his best to coach him up. And I think that that's really going to help. But the reason I chuckled when you said Spags is because I don't know if you saw the clip, but they put it out there. The chiefs had Spags wired up today mm. and he told Chris Jones, he was going to box with him at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I just have, to, it just cracks me up. I'll pay a dollar to see that. It won't last long. Might be as bad as that uh, that Tito thing that I bought on pay per view twenty five years ago. The last time I actually watched it, it made live. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be very pretty. Two hits. <laughs> this is about all you're going to get. Out of that. Easy spags. Don't push them. Uh, but, no, but you know, they're having fun, and, and that's what I really like seeing. So 
Yeah, and moments of levity are not always what we see at camp. So I think that's a positive. Now, the guy that's going to reap the benefits is going to be Nick Bolton. Uh, Spags had a little bit to say about him that he feels that he's progressing and that they have some faith in him to continue that progress. Um, but right now, Hitchens limited, Neiman limited, now Willie limited. It's got to be Nick Bolton that steps up. And we're going to get quite a look, I think, at Darius Harris as well as DOD in some of the off-ball roles. Yeah, and you talked about Darius Harris on yesterday's show with Matt. So uh, it's possible he's going to be their third Mike linebacker. Um, obviously, you hope you don't have to go that deep. Uh, but, you know, at this point, you're preparing for anything at this point. So I think it's going to be fun to watch the linebackers go. And, and really, you know, I had some people asking me about the whole KJ Wright thing. And I understand he's got a past and he's got some other issues. But for me, that's the weakest part of, of this team. I think that. When you start looking at the talent, yeah, you have the young guys. Yeah, you want the young guys to play. But I'd rather see KJ Wright than Ben Neiman personally. Yeah, and that may well be true. I've had some folks bring that up as well. Um, possibly a distraction at times in Seattle. There's a lot in Seattle that is a distraction at times. That Legion Boom was – they were pushing the boundaries of what they did. And I think that they were deservedly pushing the boundaries of what they should be paid as well. So I can understand the contract disputes. But in the locker room, I don't think he's going to be an issue for anybody. We'll see if that actually happens. But, you know, he'd just be another cog, another part of the defense. And parts is what you need to get at rockauto.com. Whether it's a truck or a defense or whatever you're doing, you can get 50 or 100% off. And they have it in stock. That's the best thing. You don't have to go to a brick-and-mortar store and hope that they have the right parts, depending on what the guy behind the counter tells you. They've been in business 20 years, and they are a family business. And they give you the same price they give everybody else, including me or a pro. So go check them out. Fill up your cart with the parts for your car or vehicle. And check out everything that they have for you. You can use a code that we have for you. It's locked on. You can put that in how did the hear you box. And that will tell them you got there from us and that helps us out. It helps them out as well. So you can get everything that you need. You can get amazing selection and reliably low prices. Everything you need for your car or truck over at rockauto.com. A lot of competition at another position group. I think one that, uh, that you're very akin to um, Marcus Kemp said, Hey, y'all keep forgetting about me. I'm not going away. Yeah. And then he may have got intercepted when he tried to call for the balls. Well, I just have to say, I don't know if you saw it, but somebody called you the Prince of the Segway. Um, <laughs> and I do think that's very apt right now. So, uh, no, Marcus Kemp has had a good camp and, uh, he wasn't the only guy that was interesting that caught a touchdown. Um, Andrew Wiley also caught a, a touchdown today. I wish I'd seen that play. I haven't seen social media in a while yet. I haven't either, seen so. it, but okay. <laughs> I've been looking cause I want to see it, but yeah. So, you know, Kansas City's putting stuff like that in, and obviously that's going to be whoever the second right team or the, whoever the right tackle was, because that's where Wiley's playing. And I think that's a fun way to do it. And then you start talking about Marcus Kemp. Yeah, he had a good – he's had some good days. Uh, mm -hmm. He is making sure that they don't forget about him. And, you know, he put up his hand. He was going against Snead today, put up his hand because he thought he was open, and Snead came back, and it's – questionable whether or not it was a reception or not door was open and then it was closed again <laughs> right but the question is did Snead intercept it or did Kemp catch it uh tie goes to the receiver so in that aspect you'd think it was a catch yeah I did see that one real quickly um I didn't see him come away with the ball so I, I think at the end of the day you got to come up with it so well, despite what Matt Derrick has to say I, I think that ball goes to the defense well he didn't come out of the pile with it but he, but they were both down by contact at that point so you know, getting up doesn't really matter, I don't think. 
Yeah, but I don't think there's anything, any visual evidence. Had that been an actual play, True. they might have rewinded it a few times. I don't know they could have made any any determination from it. So whatever whatever that would have been called <laughs> on the field is probably how it would have stood. Yeah, I, my boys need wins. Well, I'm sure you <laughs> – imagine that. <laughs> but, you know, it, something to be said for Marcus. I mean, back-to-back days now where he, he's made a big splash. But it is also with Tyreek Hill – hurting still a little bit, um, didn't practice again. It, it gives more opportunity to guys farther down. And this this is what Marcus Kemp has done. He did it two years ago. He did it the season before he got injured. Like, he makes these runs and makes you remember that, hey, he can, he can still fulfill some things, even on offense, if he had to be called upon. I mean, it, it's not Junior Hemingway, but it, it's a guy that puts out on special teams every single game and then every now and then can give you a spark if you really need it. Yeah, and he is a guy that definitely puts out on special teams every single game, and that is where he makes his bread and butter, and that's how he makes the roster on a regular basis for this team. And I, honestly, um, I'm rooting for the guy because I've liked him for a while, but you know he's got a tough – it's a tough sled this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he could make it, but, again, you're starting here looking at how many tight ends are they going to keep. Are they going to be forced to keep four tight ends? Are they going to keep four tight ends and then only keep five wide receivers? Yeah, how are you, you going <laughs> to shake things up? How many offensive linemen are you going to keep? I mean, we've kind of talked about this. It's a question mark. I think you know your top five wide receivers, but past that. But here's my thing. It does, yes, I, I agree with you. I think we know the top five. The sixth does not make any push towards the offensive line for me. There, There is no tie. After what we saw in the Super Bowl, it is offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And any tie goes to that group in terms of keeping nine or ten or if, whatever. You don't keep a six-wide receiver instead of keeping a lineman. And I'm fine with that other than the fact that that's going to really hurt you on special teams. But I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you. I just don't know that Kansas City will go that way. They've always had six-wide receivers, so we'll have to see whether or not they decide they're going to continue to go that way or not. Yeah. And honestly, the other thing that you know we, we've already kind of talked about a little bit is we still don't know what's going to happen with Kyle Long. I mean, you know, we say nine or ten. Okay, well, is Long going to be on pop or is he going to be? Is he going to be able to play? I mean, we I don't know that. Goes on pop, and, and then you get out of having to use that particular slot, and then by natural attrition, likely as someone else gets hurt in the meantime before he's ready to come back at week six, maybe a little bit after. I, I think that could work out for them. But um, who are the guys that he's competing with, uh, Marcus? Marcus does his thing on special teams. That's a shoe in So can Therese Fountain make a spark? Can Callaway be a returner on special teams enough to be the sixth or the fifth, unless you count him as the fifth? Um, I, I have Powell in that spot right at this moment. But who else is pushing there? Is it French? Like, how do you differentiate? Because it does come down to teams for all those guys. No, it definitely does. And I do think that it's something that you're going to have to just work through. I don't think that... Callaway is the sixth, or I don't think he's the fifth wide receiver. I agree with you. It's Powell. I can't see that they're going to move on from him without having him on the team for a couple of seasons at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a possibility. You could try to sneak Powell to the practice squad because, quite frankly, the number of drops that he's had so far has not really, I don't think, upped his value that another team would come calling that quickly unless, and this is kind of my, my gut feeling on him, is when they get to the preseason games, especially when he gets to go against twos, he's going to be a gamer, and I think he's going to put out and make a name for himself. Yeah, and I do think that it's something that we have to watch. I, I just don't know where to go on the sixth wide receiver at this point. 
until we get to games, until we see you know them on the field and and performing, it's going to be hard to know who's going to be where. And honestly, that type of question is always answered really, really with the answer of who's playing on special teams, mm-hmm. because. It's great if you're a great wide receiver. Uh, I'm trying to think of some guys in the past that we've had that have shown out as wide receivers, but couldn't do anything on special teams. They didn't make the team. That's you know that's the reality of things. Well, when you're behind Hill and Hardman, yeah, I mean, it, your opportunities to actually impact the game go down if you're not on special teams. And, right. I mean, let's do a quick count up here, right? Say so they keep ten linemen, they keep six wide receivers, 16. two QBs. At 18, 18, four takes it to 22 with the RBs. And I only think right now that they keep four. So we're at 22 there, three, three tight, tight ends. ends, you're at 25. Right. Can, can you afford, I think right now, can you afford to go over what you're going to keep on defense in terms of balance on the roster? You might be able to stretch to 26, but that's the outer limit for me. I think it has to be the outer limit. But the bigger question is, is when you start looking at the defense, how are they going to stack that up? Because you have big questions on that side of the ball too with corner and safety and defensive end and defensive tackle and line. I mean, all those positions, you have questions as to how many you're going to keep. Um, you would for think me, that, that in the past they've kept five and five when it comes to CBs and safeties for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that they're going to do that this year. I don't either. I do kind of feel like it's 10 linemen and 10 DBs and probably a sixth uh, linebacker, especially right now when everybody's nicked up. The initial 53, hopefully, we'd, we'd love to hear that it's going to go to 55. But the the initial 53, I mean, you're still talking about 25, 26 players there, and now you're short on the specialists because you need three slots for the specialists. So it, it's it's getting down to the wire here where 55 would be great. You could do all everything that we've talked about and not have to make a sacrifice. Honestly, I think what the NFL needs to look at doing is they need to look at expanding NFL rosters to 60 and not having the active game day roster an issue anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm completely but, with you on that. But the problem with that is you're going to have CBA issues that have to be ironed out because the active roster thing is all about the CBA and all how you accrue seasons and how you're able to make the practice squad and all that. To me, I just think the NFL needs to say, okay, look, we're asking these guys to play 17 games, up the roster by seven players, and no more game day designations other than if you're injured. Yeah. Well – that possibility and the whole CBA come down to money. And if you want to make the best of your money, you got to get it into the action with betonline.ag. That's the place to go, especially now that the season is beginning. The prop bets, every game action. I mean, you can even you can pick the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl right now, and that'll happen on betonline.ag. Head over there, get all the sports news, the bonuses, the signups, all the information that you need. Don't sit on the sidelines. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website and what you will get is a 50% deposit bonus on whatever you put into your account. You use our code locked on and that'll let them know and get you that discount. Let them know you came from us over at betonline.ig, your online sportsbook experts. So you can't do any of those things that we talked about with the wide receivers in terms of getting the ball. If Pat is still running for his life. True. And so that brings us back to the offensive line. It's been kind of a fun couple of days. I, is it just me? It feels like they're doing more one-on-ones than we've seen them do in years past. You know, I wonder if it's not that they're doing more one-on-ones, but more that we're paying attention to it more because you have such turnover that now you have so many questions across the entire offensive line. And that's at least in my opinion, maybe they are doing a lot of one-on-ones, but honestly be fair about it. One-on-ones are going to help the defensive linemen. 
not the offensive lineman. Right. So take that into consideration when you see some of these guys getting beat. Joe Tooney getting beat by Chris Jones. I'm sorry. Chris Jones is probably a better player than Tooney, and I like Tooney a lot. So yeah. Chris <laughs> Jones know, has beat Tooney in the past. So, I mean, right. that's not unheard of. And I, and I don't feel bad about it. Like <laughs> I'm sure all. he doesn't either. So uh, – and then you have, you know, situations where – you know, Niang has some off days, and but one thing that I think seems to be consistent is Trey Smith has a freaking attitude, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I'm liking that too. Like that aspect, as long as he can get in the position that he needs to be in and and uh, complete the assignment, the way that he completes the assignment is incredible. It's, it's fun. Yeah, and exactly, it's exactly what you saw at Tennessee. It's about the movement for me. It's about whether he can get to the angles that he needs to get to and have the actual momentum to, to make those blocks. I still feel like from what I've seen, he's playing a little bit high in the pads. I think that will come along. I don't think that's a, a concern. Right now, I, I completely understand why LDT has not caught up and surpassed him because right now those finishes alone are worth it. Well, and, you know, I, I love Dirty Dan to some extent, but it's fun. It, it was kind of fun to see him get just get pancaked. <laughs> on a block and, and nothing against you, Dan, but you know, that was just kind of funny. Uh, people were going off and doing memes about how dirty Dan just got dirty played. And uh, it was great, uh, you know, and then you, you know, you see all these different offensive linemen trying to block the defensive linemen and you have the defensive linemen trying to get past and, you know, you'll see some great reps from different players. Dana, it looks like he stepped up and is doing a little bit better this year than I was expecting him to. Um, so that's encouraging. But again, I have to go back to what I said before. You have to remember when you're doing these types of drills, they tend to help the defensive unit. Yeah, there's a slight advantage there because, you know, overcommitment is a problem. But I will say this, and, and Spags confirmed it this afternoon as well, that Chris is going to move around. I still feel like it's probably 60-40. He's going to be outside more than in. You've been in. saying that. You've been saying that for a long time. If I keep saying it, it'll definitely be wrong. So I'll just keep doing it. <laughs> but That's kind of the way it works with you. The interesting part to me, though, was that Spags mentioned that it's the same thing that Turk Wharton's going to do. And then he said it's the same thing that Dana's going to do. Yep. And we know that Dana played inside at Michigan. I, I felt he played out of position there. But we know that he can sustain himself in amongst the guards. And so I don't think that he's going to get dominated, even though he's a lighter guy. Like I think he's weighing in at 262 from what I saw. That's not much for an interior defender. But I think the key thing is having that rotation and having Frank on the opposite side. If you can throw, and, and I do think whether it's a linebacker blitz or putting five guys that can rush the passer into that ball game so that you don't have to send all the you know exotic DB blitzes. I think that pans out better for this defense in the long run. It definitely could. I think the exciting thing about Dana is I think what you're going to see is they think he has the ability to do it, so they're going to give him the opportunity to do it. But I would expect most of the time if he's inside, there's going to be a stun or a twist or something. He's going to end up rushing from the outside. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's too small to do that role on a regular basis. But I think that they believe he can do it enough to where they're able to do, you know, and use him in that role. And, you know, every once in a while he'll rush from the inside and maybe he gets blocked out of it. And, and that's a big issue. But really quick, I have to say this because I meant to say it about Trey Smith earlier. Trey Smith and Jerron Reed was a lot of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something I previewed a couple of days ago when, uh, when the pads were about to come on because, I, I mean, that's like that's how you measure yourself, right? Because if it's not Chris Jones inside, 
who else has the best chance of, of really kicking your butt if you're a rookie offensive lineman? It's Reed, and you can learn from that. And I think that's what will bring him along that much faster. Yep. No, I agree. And Humphrey, I think, looked good against him as well. I do think that you're sitting here and you're looking at a situation where Kansas City's offensive line is going to be improved from last year. And obviously in the Super Bowl, it's going to be much improved from that. But I'm talking like I thought the offensive line played decent last year, uh, but I think they're going to be even better this year. I think they have the the talent to be better for sure. The big question mark right now is, is the right tackle going to be figured out and is that going to slow them down or not? If And Rimmer still isn't practicing, so it's possible he's not going to have a chance to play. Yeah, and, and kudos to Lucas Niang. I thought he, he had a rough first day out. Looks like he improved the second day. We'll see what he does from here, but it's definitely a, a process. I, I can see us having this like storyline that we have to deal with come the season of – why is Pat standing around in the pocket doing nothing? Why isn't he breaking? Because I think for the first time since he came to Kansas City, he's going to have the time to sit around and get bored in the pocket and wait for things to come open. Yeah, and you start thinking about that and how crazy that is because Mahomes does crazy things regardless. But here's a stat that actually brings that to an even bigger T for me. Lowest and highest sacks taken per pressure in 2020. Mahomes was running for his life at the end of last year, and he was the lowest sacked quarterback based on per pressure. Wow. That goes a lot to say about his escapability. Right. And at this point, you're still you're sitting here looking at his escapability and thinking, okay, well, wait a second. With his escapability and this offensive line, what's next? Because by the time that he's going to have been, you know, trying to throw normally. You know, he's going to have three or four or five seconds in the pocket. I think he's going to just decimate some defenses this year. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident about that as well. You know, it's about maintaining the weapons, maintaining their health. Um, you know, hopefully we'll see Tyreek Hill back. It looked like he was pretty bouncy walking down and around yep. um, practice, although he wasn't practicing. You know, so hopefully this is, again, precautionary. And we'll see if he's back on the field here before the end of the week. I believe they have two more padded practices before it's over. Yeah, real quick question for you because we just got it on Twitter, and I think it's a good question. It appears the stock is rising for Trey Smith and Boodles. Who else is rising and whose stock is falling? Hmm. Boodle is definitely coming up, and I think that is a direct correlation to Bo P. Keys not necessarily rising. I would say he's he's being surpassed, and so that knocked him down a, a step. Yep. Who else do you think is coming up? Um, certainly Devin Key. I'm surprised they're they're giving him such run with the ones. Um, part of that is because they know what they have in Will Parks. He's a six year vet, so give the kid as much as you can. The Spags mentioned it today that you know they're trying him out at different spots to see what they have. Um, that's Ryan's busy; he can't talk. Yeah, uh, uh, Amber Alert. So I don't really have a choice. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, I, I think that's good. I think that no offense to Armani, I, I think that puts him in a bad position. Um, because if, if it's really clicking for him as fast as it is, I, I can't see, even if Devin Key were for some strange reason able to beat out Will Parks and be that next guy in the depth chart, there's no way that Armani Watts is beating Will Parks except for the special teams aspect. So I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. Well, and that's the question is, can Key come in and do the specialist stuff that that safety is going to have to be able to do? And I think that's something that we'll see, you know, it's in – I would almost guarantee you, and this is what I like so much about preseason games, 
I'm a nerd in the fact that I will sit there and I will pause the TV usually and try to figure out, okay, who is on special teams on the first unit? Because that is telling you who is going to be on the team. So defensively, Devin, Devin, Devin Key, I apologize. Who do you think offensively other than Trey Smith? Um, you know, it's a difficult one. I can't say that Kemp's a surprise because we've seen him kind of make a surge before. Um, I, I'm waiting for Dereese Fountain to put it all together. Um, from what I understand, he's had a couple of really nice flashes, but it hasn't been that consistent. I'm waiting for him to get a few more reps with the ones. But I would say that he's on the rise versus, say, Callaway, who seems to be slipping a little bit. Yep. Um, possibly Powell as well. I know the drops have been an issue out there. Well, Powell's not going anywhere. He'll be on the roster. Yeah. Uh, the question is, is, is Callaway going to be on the roster? I do agree with you. I think that he's slipping right now. Uh, who on defense do you think is slipping? Uh, let's see. Other than Armani Watts and, and Dorian O'Daniel. Yeah, I mean. Because those are kind of obvious ones. Especially from the one-on-ones, Colin Saunders is having a couple of nice things. Evidently, he's doing decent in team, too, so I can't say him. Although he's in a group with Naughty and Reed and Wharton now that, I mean, it's it's going to be difficult. So it's got to be the other players at his position. Um, I haven't seen much from Taco Charlton as, as much as I wanted. He got so, stonewalled today. Yeah, yeah again? Okay, because <laughs> yeah, I saw Brown. that yesterday, too. So um, yeah. he actually said in his pressure today that he still is feeling the the knee a little bit. So um, I I didn't expect him to be, like, all world, but I expected him to get reps ahead of Dan, and that doesn't seem to be happening. So I'd say that he slipped a little bit. Well, and then you have to wonder what's going to happen with Alex Okafor and his hamstring. Yeah, that was a fresh injury today, something that he's had quite a number of times. So – Rick Burkholder, you got your work cut out for you. Folks, we want to know what you're looking for. Leave your comments down below here on YouTube and leave them in the iTunes reviews over on there. If you are on Spotify and Spreaker and everywhere else, we're glad that you're still here. Make sure you spread the word and tell your friends about what's going on here at Locked on Cheese because we're going to keep going. If you're new to YouTube, thank you for subscribing and hitting that like button. We'll have more for you. And we will be back five days a week. It is on right now. So look for some special reports from training camp coming up as well. We thank you for your time today. Thank you, Chris, for like setting everything up since I'm somewhere strange. <laughs> it is what it is, dude. Right? Now I'm your still, lighting's better than mine. Now well, I'm, I'm still out. adjusting, so. <laughs> we hope that you guys have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.